This podcast is brought to you in association with Cloud Banking. Fintechs were targeting a customer segment that banks were not, but they could not do that without having the regulatory rails that the banks had. So there was there had to be a partnership. Some banks were willing to put in the effort to put in the technology themselves to make fintechs talk to them. Uh, some were not able to do that or did not want to do that. and some fintechs found it very tough to navigate that interaction with banks so they stepped in and their their primary task in the early days was to make sure they evangelize this among the banking ecosystem welcome to the gff23 show this podcast brings you a taste of the global fintech fest organized by the fintech convergence council Payments Council of India and National Payments Corporations of India happening in Mumbai from the 5th through the 7th of September 2023. Over the past 3 years, GFF has grown to become the largest fintech summit globally, demonstrating the pivotal role of fintech and driving sustainable global advancement by showcasing a 360 degree view of its transformative potential. In this episode, Mr. Siddharth Nortial, partner at Omidyar Network India, engages in a riveting conversation with Mike Jha managing director and partner at Boston Consulting Group Siddharth with his expertise in driving inclusion through Omidyar Network India's investments and Mike with his insights into the transformative power of financial infrastructure players explore the critical role of fintech players collaborating with banks and incumbents towards creating a responsible financial ecosystem in India Boston Consulting Group is the thought leadership partner for this episode Siddharth, it's uh, great to have you here. Uh, the theme for this year's uh, Global FinTech Fest is uh, global collaboration for a responsive financial ecosystem, uh, which is more inclusive, resilient, and sustainable. I know this resonates uh, very well with you and the mission of the Omidya Network. Can you talk a little bit more about what a responsible financial ecosystem means to you? Thanks, Pam. and uh, appreciate the opportunity to be here very happy to be here to be part of gff alongside you so like you mentioned omidyar network india for us the idea of inclusion in all our investments is critical so our work in india focuses on customer segment that we call the next half billion the nhvs these are users who came online in india for the first time in the last 5 years a half a billion people for whom the first experience of the internet was through their mobile phones and also a customer segment that historically has been very underserved and underrepresented so now with the proliferation of technology and i'll speak a little bit more about that that's happened in the last decade or so now suddenly the ability to provide financial services to this customer segment is is unprecedented as you know and your work has also been part of this over the last decade there's been proliferation of technology which is something we wouldn't have expected Uh, that's happened over the last decade so the entire digital identity stack the proliferation of low cost mobile phones and data access and low cost payment solutions all of these have empowered indians to improve their lives and we've now moved from a situation from where we could only aspire to provide financial inclusion to saying how can we make financial health better for users across india and especially for this for the nhp user to provide that inclusion to provide uh, to improve financial health frankly incumbents are critical uh, because that's where the maximum reach for the financial services uh, ecosystem is 
And the good news is that we now have a wave of purpose-driven entrepreneurs who are very keen and very eager to leverage these digital rails that have been set up to provide innovative solutions to help incumbents meet their customers' needs better, customers whom they couldn't serve earlier to the best of their abilities. So this could be something as specific as KYC or eSign, Autumn Data Underwriting, API layers that people work on to make connections happen. And these, I think, will be critical as we define this movement towards uh, improving financial health for the NHP. And to me, a responsible financial ecosystem is one which empowers all of India's citizens, equitably as well at scale. And that is where uh, creating a frictionless finance for 1 billion people in India is the need of the hour. Uh, and like you said, Siddharth, the incumbents, which is the banks and NBFCs, will need to increase their coverage. Today, they reach out to a certain set of uh, customers uh, that they are able to serve well. But without banks and other incumbents who are present throughout the country in every nook and corner, it will be difficult to achieve this vision at, at scale. And that's where this category of silent, crucial enablers that are accelerating the financial health in India comes to play. And there are so many examples already occurring in the market today. For example, uh, you know, the Kisan credit card offering. Uh, in this category, players like Lentra, Adwarisk, Watsloan, and many others have worked with many banks to cut down the turnaround times, reduce the cost of getting these loans by about 50% and ensure a better experience uh, to the customers. It also unlocks uh, ability to reach more people. So, you know, this category, which is now being called the financial infratech, uh, is working in collaboration with the banks to access new opportunities and improve the overall well-being of citizens equitably and at scale. At the foundation of this is the digital public infrastructure that is being created in the country. Uh, the Aadhaar ecosystem, the identity validation, and now the account aggregator and ONDC, which is, uh, which is coming through. So in this ecosystem, these partnerships between banks and FITs will grow with speed and scale. If you put your investor lens on this, uh, Siddharth, what is your take on how these financial infrastructure providers will evolve in the market? They're really helpful in the journey towards inclusion. But how do you see the entrepreneurial opportunity here? Yeah, good question, Mayantan. Frankly, what you've outlined is the reality in India. The largest customer segment, the largest set of users is and will remain always with the regulated financial entities, be those banks, be those NBFCs, be those insurance companies. And the good news is that all regulated financial entities in India have inclusion impact as a critical part of their growth charter. All of them are incented to make sure that they expand their customer base to be able to improve financial health, improve inclusion, improve impact. So there is high acceptance among the incumbents to tie up with folks who will help them improve access, improve inclusion, etc. But also it is true that inclusion and impact lens is only strengthened if there is a strong economic case to be made for these incumbents to tie up with these financial infrastructure players. And the good news is that, yes, that financial case uh, is already present and is already very strong. So let's take a few examples. Right? So if banks, NBFCs, insurance companies will tie up with these financial infrastructure players, if they help them not just provide inclusion, not just create impact, but also improve uh, business outcomes. And there are several examples where already that's happening. So. 
tying up with these financial infotech players in several cases is helping add new customers to the fold. For example, companies like Satsure are using satellite imagery data to see how they can help banks underwrite uh, agriculture loans better. Uh, something which was an intensive field action heavy project now becomes a data analysis project that much more affordable and increases inclusion as a result. Uh, you have companies who are able to create cost efficiencies. Let's say companies like Kaleidofin helping microfinance institutions underwrite uh, loans for customer segments, which now not part of their core, uh, core offering set. Uh, you also have uh, financial infotech providers that are helping improve the customer experience. For example, by creating a digital core banking solution for banks whose customers now increasingly demand a digital offering, but whose legacy offerings are more tailored to the offline world. So a bunch of things already are beginning to happen. And that's what's driving financial infotech uh, adoption amongst the incumbents. It started off with the idea of improving equitable access of uh, financial products to the entire underserved customer segment. But the business case for this is also extremely strong. Also as important bank, and this is really something which is a critical part of our uh, financial ecosystem, is that the idea of having a very strong regulatory compliance lens is also important for this to happen. We might have the best business case, but if compliance isn't quite up to the mark, no incumbent will sign up with the financial product. Right? So in addition to the desire to improve access, in addition to the financial case and the business use case, that strong lens on compliance, on being completely up to date on regulations is also critical for all this to happen. And the good news, like we discussed, is this is there. This is already beginning to happen. And my expectation is it will only grow over the next several years. But I'd love to hear thoughts, your thoughts as well. You're, you're seeing this on a live basis across multiple engagements. What's your take on how this relationship between these financial intrinsic players and these banks can thrive? Yeah. You know, Siddharth, I would take a cue from one of the things that, that you said. Banking is a very critical component of the economy and hence it needs to be highly regulated. Banks by nature, you know, would have risk reward paradigm which will op operate only in a certain constraint. And hence, how financial infratechs or FITs are, as we are calling them have to manage this innovation that they are driving in ensuring better access to customers, ensuring better cost efficiencies, better underwriting, better regulation adherence. All these have to happen within the guardrails of, of the Indian regulatory environment. And that to me is one of the keys to thriving. Now, as we have looked at the market, I think there are many factors which will be required to make these partnerships between banks, FITs, thrive. But I mean, it's five of them. I think the first one is discoverability. Today, there is a high friction in terms of knowing what solutions exist there to solve a set of problems that the banks may be facing. It is a very hearsay process. There are no standard ways of evaluating and assessing these financial infras techniques. The second is how do these players ensure credibility? A lot of incumbents will talk about these startups being there to support them, but not knowing whether they will survive. Is their business viable or not? Will their economics by itself work with them or not? Whether they understand the entire risk 
framework in which the banks need to operate. So credibility becomes a very important point that the FITs need to cross as a hurdle in order to work with the bank. And today it is only coming from uh, proven market experience, which is scale, which is a good way to demonstrate scalability, but it is very poor in terms of enabling competition. So how do we find different ways of ensuring credibility would be an important solve that we need. The third critical aspect is the processes inside the banks. How do you look at procurement, which is a complicated and long drawn out process. Exactly like you said, lots of stakeholders. But while there are multiple frameworks, you need a single point of accountability where procurement can happen. Project management is very complex within banks because of a very siloed uh, structure. I think the fourth issue would be integration challenges. And this is where the core technology part comes in. Banks technology systems are very siloed and bank technology systems are built on top of each other. So they become very complex. How do you integrate from an existing non-modular environment to a more API-based architecture? in being able to integrate with these services quickly and be able to test out some of these offerings much better. And I think the last part is how does uh, the FIT take care of risk and security of the data? How does it make sure that it is not prone to attacks? And today, this accountability lies with the banks because banks have to ensure that any partner that they work with have to comply with their own regulatory requirements. And hence, the best of FITs know that we need to understand the regulations much more and we need to understand what security means from a bank perspective. So yes, there is friction on both sides, the incumbents as well as the infotech players. From your experience of looking at some of these companies, uh, Siddharth, how have you seen some of the successful partnerships uh, deal these? Before we go on with the episode, a quick word from our sponsors. In the heart of the banking world, where every second counts and efficiency is paramount, a revelation, a cloud solution Indian banking can rely upon. Cloud banking. Process loans in less than 10 minutes with seamless integration, automation at its finest and workflows that adapt to your needs. Step into the future. Elevate your bank's lending operations with cloud banking. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, you're right, Mike. I think this is a problem which doesn't have an overnight switch that can get uh, turned on. Uh, you were right to mention the friction that exists. And therefore, when the incumbent puts in the effort to tie up with the financial infotech player, they're doing it for very strong reasons uh, because of this friction. And therefore, once the effort is put in, these relationships tend to last for a while, but the process takes its own time as well. So I think uh, a good way to illustrate that would be to, to talk through an example of a company that we've seen closely, an investing company of Ascal M2P, which has done something similar. And then we can see what we can build off that, right? So uh, this is a company, M2P, which is now close to a decade old, built by veterans from the banking space. And a few years back, let's call it four years, five years back, they figured that there was a large opportunity to be able to create fintech providers with banks because fintechs were targeting a customer segment that banks were not. 
but they could not do that without having the regulatory rails that the banks had. So there were there had to be a partnership. Some banks were willing to put in the effort to put in the technology themselves to make fintechs talk to them. Uh, some were not able to do that or did not want to do that. And some fintechs found it very tough to navigate that interaction with banks. So they stepped in and their their primary task in the early days was to make sure they evangelized this among the banking ecosystem. Uh, make sure that the the PNL owner of this line within the bank understood the business opportunity, understood the financial inclusion and impact opportunity, and then try to put together all the various pieces that were required to make sure this succeeded. So having the technology buy-in, having compliance buy-in, making sure the infrastructure and the architecture were tied up. So the first part that helped them get through this was to find that champion, that PNL owner, to whom this business was important. Working with them to make sure that the other pieces within the bank fell in place. And only then were they able to get to a stage when you had now on the fly a fintech being able to plug in through M2P's APIs into the bank's digital rails and the business taking off. It took a while, but the the first step into towards that was convincing folks of the business case of that one. The second thing, and without which, frankly, the first wouldn't have been possible, was to prove at each stage of the process that M2P had the competency to make this happen. They had the technical competency. More importantly, they understood the regulatory challenge that the bank had to make sure they always complied. And that became critical to the overall partnership because the incumbent has to know that the entity they're tying up with has that same lens on risk and compliance that they do. And that's something which you had to prove through a bunch of pilots, not just POCs, but pilots at some scale, which gave confidence to both parties, the fintech as well as the bank, that this was something that could work and could scale. Now, beyond this, I think once relationship and partnership was up and running and working successfully, uh, the question of expansion of this relationship of the FIT with the bank or the incumbent comes up. And that's where the right bouquet of services that the FIT can offer also becomes important. Again, to take the M2P example, you had a situation now you were powering fintech bank relationships through APIs, but you had along the way built up a strong relationship of trust with the banks because they understood that in you, they had a very compliance-oriented partner as well. And that allowed M2P to then expand beyond that API for digital rails for connecting fintechs and incumbents to providing solutions that were critical to the bank's core operations. Be that core banking solution for digital banks, which hitherto weren't existent because banks were trying to repurpose their uh, legacy core banking solutions for digital banks with mixed results. So offering into that, expanding into uh, offerings that could allow you to be able to syndicate loans better with alternate sources of data. And all of this, they were able to supplement with the right method of support. So in one case, transaction throughput and transaction success rates had to be high. How do we ensure that? In the case of core banking solution, you're acting now fundamentally to the, to the bank's digital operation. How do you ensure uptime is high, et cetera? So how do you provide comfort to your incumbent partner that you have the right support system is an important part of building that long-lasting relationship. And none of this, again, will happen if the two parties think of themselves adversarial. I think one of the critical factors for, for success in a financial infotech is for them to see themselves as being on the side of the incumbent. It is really one team where the FIT is working on the bank or on the NBFC or on the insurance company side, helping making them successful. 
Because only when that happens will this relationship last and can you take the full power from this relationship. So fast forward to today now, through all these networks that M2B set up with these bunch of incumbents and fintechs, some 30 odd million people are now being covered through the services that M2B powers. And this is a still a new company. And I think the opportunity for growth here is immense. And that really is the power for FITs to be able to unlock by working closely with incumbents. Because if that happens, the entire ecosystem flourishes. And that's when the country and the overall financial services system flourishes as well. Yes, absolutely. I think the entire ecosystem needs to flourish here. But just reflecting that we have come a long way as a country. In 2011, third of the India was formally banned. And in 2021, close to 75% of, of the country is now getting formally banned. Digital payments are thriving. Incumbents are actually looking beyond metros and tier ones to drive their growth. And this will only continue as India moves towards the aspiration of hitting a $5 trillion economy in the next uh, few years. And the GDP per capita going to almost two times from where it is today. So for the financial well-being, it has to be the entire ecosystem coming together. And the public infrastructure and the private infrastructure is going to drive this. There is a lot more that can be explored in the ecosystem via sandboxes so that they can experiment controlled environment and a compliant environment, setting up third-party standards for protocols to get more of the credibility of the financial infratech players and looking at a more risk-oriented and compliance-oriented governance which drives these partnerships going forward. So I think there are lots of exciting opportunities here. Some of this we will dive further during our GFF event and our conversations. Hope to see you and a lot of you others who are listening to us over there. Yes, would be great to see all of you at GFF. Until then, thanks a ton, man. And thanks everyone for listening in. Thank you, Siddharth. We want to take this opportunity to thank Mr. Siddharth Nautial, partner at Omidia Network India, and Mr. Mike Jha, Managing Director and Partner at Boston Consulting Group, for taking time off their schedule to bring you this episode. The Global Fintech Fest, global collaboration for a responsible financial ecosystem. Inclusive, resilient, sustainable. Happening in Mumbai from the 5th through the 7th of September, 2023. The Global Fintech Fest 23 is brought to you by the National Payments Corporations of India, the Payments Council of India, and the Fintech Convergence Council. For more details about GFF 23, visit globalfintechfest.com. To listen to previous episodes of the GFF 23 show, visit ubersaga.com. We also want to thank the team at Ubersaga, the official podcast partner for GFF 23. Post-production and sound design by Subash, editing and scripting by Dash, and voiceover by Abe. <laughs>